So I guess now when you say, hey, that babe's got dynamite boobs, you ain't kidding. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's February 4th, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 171. This is no agenda. Banging the budget into the stratosphere and coming to you from the minimum security containment cell. Live at the Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco, California, in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. February 4th, say it's not so. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crack Bottom Buzzkill in the morning. In the morning to you. Morning to you. Isn't February 4th Valentine's Day? <laughs> no, that would be the 14th. Oh, whew. Yeah, I can just hear I, Mimi's eyes are rolling as we speak. <laughs> but let me guess. Well, she knows I'm not very good with dates. I was, was, was going to say, let me guess. Uh, you guys don't participate in Valentine's Day. No, we do it. Whatever the kids want to do, we do it. But Valentine's Day is for your for your loved one, not for the kids. No, it's give me a break. Look at what kids do in America. They have uh, Valentine's Day parties, and they give everyone gives everyone anonymous Valentine's throughout the classroom. Although I think that's probably been banned lately. What is it? Politically oh, wait, wait, it's politically incorrect. You've got to be kidding me. I'm thinking. It's funny you mentioned you bring that up because last night as I was prepping before uh, before I went to bed, I was reading about um, Rahm Emanuel, and uh, I guess he had said somewhere that some some uh, some gathering he had talked about the those effing retards. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear about that? No, no. But I can just he, he's if you, all you have to do is look at him and you know he says that. So, uh, hold on a second. I've got the link. It's, it's really funny because I, I bumped into something amazing that we got, we got to jump on the, uh, on the bandwagon here. Here it is. Uh, Wall Street Journal. White House Chief of Staff Rahm Emanuel met with disabilities advocates and apologized again for his use of the word retarded. Criticism of Mr. Emanuel had been building since the Wall Street Journal reported last week that he told a group of liberal activists that it was effing retarded for them to run attack ads against some Democrats. By the way, for those of you outside of Gitmo Nation USA, uh, Rahm Emanuel is the chief of staff for the president of the United States. And uh, and then I see that uh, he actually had a private meeting in which he apologized to Special Olympics head Tim Shriver. Now, I know Tim. I've had dinner with him once. And he's uh, he's kind of like the poor, the poor side of the of the Kennedy family, and uh, he runs uh, the Special Olympics, which of course for years was run by his mom, I guess, right, Eunice. Yeah. And uh, so, so I'm like looking around, and uh, and it turns out there's actually a a whole movement. Hold on, www. Check this out, John. R dash word dot org so not only do we have the n word which we can't use of course we have the c word which we've not been able to use uh, for a long time but now we have the r word r dash word dot org you may no longer say the word retard our language frames how we think about others help eliminate the use of the r word in everyday speech this is a whole website and yeah, could, they got more pledges than we do. 52,277. Well, those are pledges. That's not, that's not money. It's the same thing. That's where you pledge money. No, no, no. The pledge is to pledge here. Oh, uh, does not use the word retard. Yeah. <laughs> what, it's a perfectly okay word. Well, if they don't want you to use it, and it because it refers to a, a subculture, subgroup of people, sub whatever, uh, eh, I don't have a problem dropping it. 
Really? I mean, I find it ridiculous. It's, you know, it, first of all, the word retard, you use that in aviation all the time, by the way, to retard the throttle, as an example, which means mm -hmm. to pull back, to slow down. Yeah, it's an accurate, but if you look in the dictionary, it actually is, the word re retard and retarded is in the dictionary. Uh, yeah. Well, and, if you want to retard the throttle, that's different, but then you're no, using it as No, it's in the dictionary as a, uh, as a, you know, I'll look it up for you. I'll look up the exact definition. It's just like, you know, I think it's just going a bit too far. I mean, at what point, when I was in Jersey, hanging out with the guys from like Skid Row and stuff down near Tom's River, they had this uh, guy who, I think he, <laughs> Kind of a strange thing to say out of the blue. Well, I'll tell. No, I was in Jersey last week. Hey, man, Skid Row. What we should do? Well, listen. This was down on Tom's River. This is that whole area where Bon Jovi came from. And later on, there was like a whole bunch of real rock bands that were from there. And um, and we had this one guy who would hang out in, around the studio, and he was, um, I think, he had polio. And uh, you know, and every, and he would call himself, and everyone called him the cripple, or actually Chet the Leaning Mule is what we called him. But he probably more likely had cerebral palsy. Could have been cerebral palsy, but you know, it was like, and it it made it so much more comfortable, and he was so much more a part of the group just by you know everyone called each other douchebag or you know by the way talk about derogatory. Well, don't use the D word. Can't you? you douchebags of the world will be offended. Yeah, retard. <laughs> Douchebags of the world. <laughs> Douchebag unite. Yeah. Noun, a mentally handicapped person. So it's, it says it right there in the dictionary. Of course, it does say often used as a general term of abuse. But it's, 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 yeah. it's like a valid word. I'm just, I think we can go too far. We only have 26 letters that we can ban. What we, and, and before you know it, we're just going to be saying N -C you know, I, 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 I'm not saying that, that it's a good idea, and I don't think it's going to get very far, to be honest about it. And, but I can't get worked up about people, you know, finding it to, uh, you know, they want to end the usage. I, I can't get but worked why, up but about it. But why can't you call an, someone else? So there's two sides to it. Why wouldn't you be able to call someone who's mentally retarded, which is a proper term, right? Or is that, or you can't say that you are mentally retarded. You are the, the, the retardation. I mean, is that not a, not a proper use of the word? Only retard is derogatory? I mean, what am I gonna what am I gonna call people? I have to excuse me, could you please give me a card with your actual issue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what would you like me to call you? Yeah, really. It's like that Down syndrome guy. I mean, does does that sound nice? Does that sound any nicer? Or to that special person? I'm sorry, I just I can't buy that stuff. I, I think I like special. I think that's what I'm gonna start calling you. <laughs> I, I know I'm special. But seriously, <laughs> seriously, it's it's crazy. You know, it's, it's I think you're making a mountain out of a molehill. No, because this is how it starts, and then we there'll be. There'll oh, the next thing you know, we're in concentration camps. You mean the C camp word? And by <laughs> the way, don't talk about the H word, and and don't don't blame it on the J word. I mean, this is where it's going to go, man. This is exactly where it's going to go. It's just the whole. Maybe it's the, I take offense to the R word. Well, here's um, John C. McGinley. And he's on that website, and he, uh, here we go. Listen. Hi, I'm John C. McGinley. I'm an ambassador for the National Down Syndrome Society, and today I'm joining up with the Special Olympics to bring you a message that's very important to me. As Dr. Cox on Scrubs, you've heard me call J.D. many different names over the years. Patricia, Pam, Helen, Billy, Nicole, Deb, Nancy, Kathleen, Mary, Loretta, and Grace. But one name you have never heard me use is retard or retarded. Words are powerful. 
hearing the R word makes people with intellectual disabilities and those who love them feel like less valued members of humanity. That's why we're asking you to help spread the word to end the R word. Join the campaign and make your pledge. It's time to respect and value people with intellectual disabilities. It's oh, time I got it. to end the R word. I'm sorry, that's an intellectually disabled person. That's what you're supposed to say, I guess. Uh, you may not- uh, I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking? This is some sort of, not, not you mentioned that the guys from the poor side of the Kennedy family, this is some sort of a meme created to make, to, to associate the R word well, retarded with Republicans. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Let's call it. a Democrat. The whole thing seems like a scheme. When you start saying the R word, you might. For the first thing that comes to mind is me. It's Republican. Republican. I like so I'm it. I'm going to make it. I put it in, within my brain that it's like uh, you know, retarded Republican, retarded Republican, same thing. So uh, yeah, interesting. I th- that, that's not bad. No, nah, now I'll take your side because of that. Cool. Welcome to the party. I mean the P word. Uh, we, we just need to be claiming these words. You know, because... Well, let's claim a few of our own. Yeah, okay. The D word, I think, is good. What's the D word? The douchebag. Oh, douchebag. But see, you know, the douchebag, you know why douchebag was created, of course, is because it's not libelous or slanderous. And, well, but uh, it, eh, you know what? And when this word first, when I first heard it, kind of, I guess, late 80s, and it was, uh, you're a douche, douchebag, I could see women physically cringe. They didn't like the idea of you talking about a device they, from time to time, have to use for uh, vaginal hygiene. Yeah, but it became a, a term of uh, an aggressive uh, uh, epithet. Uh, I think mostly within the last few years, uh, especially with people like John Stewart, who use it uh, to attack somebody without doing anything that's actually libelous or slanderous. Because and and if it ever was even considered libelous or slanderous, you know that no, no never going to be a court hearing where somebody goes up <laughs> and because so so, Mister Curry, do you consider yourself a douchebag? Douche I'd be like, yes, <laughs> I object to that. Guilty well, I'm asking if he thinks he's a douchebag. You know, like. Uh, um, uh, a derogatory term towards uh, homosexuals, a Nancy. You know, the Nancys of the world must be pissed off. Pelosi, by the way, must be livid. Maybe that's Isn't why she's gay. <laughs> sorry? No, I'm sorry. The timing was bad. The yeah, joke wasn't funny. Wasn't and I funny. meant to say yeah. lesbian or something like that. Yeah, it didn't work out. No, no, it was bad. John, so who see, are... now you've ruined it for me. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Who no, are... Some real topics. Who, who is this week's, uh, or this episode's, uh, executive producer, and do we have more we than have, one? Uh, again, another uh, trio. Oh. Uh. And so let's start off with... Emenage uh, a trois. Get your uh, uh, sound effect ready. Which one? For the night. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. Oh, oh wow. he's stunned. Oh, wait, I let, stunned him. I mean, yes, you did. Let me uh, let me write down the name first. We have a knight, a new one as executive producer. Cool. Yeah, he's executive producer. He's uh, given us money before. <clears throat> so this is just wrapping it up. So he's a, on a layaway program. Uh, well, self, self, uh, Se- self-induced. Self-induced. <laughs> self-induced layaway. Knighthood layaway. Oh, the K oh. word. Yes. Andrew Green, G-R-E-E-N-E, of Palm Harbor, Florida. Come on down. All right, Andrew. Um, stand before me. Neil. 
Andrew Green. I hereby knight you, Sir Andrew Green of the No Agenda Roundtable. Two Advil will help the headache, Andrew. Sounds like you chopped his arms off. <laughs> well, um, thank, thank you, Andrew. That's awesome. Welcome to the uh, No Agenda uh, Roundtable uh, as one of our official knights. And, uh, of course, you can put the K word on your resume. Um, and uh, it has been known. your producer will have more value. <laughs> yes, it will. It will. But, so he gave us the $850 up from, in addition to the 150 he gave us before. And he said uh, he's going to be going to London Paris later this year. Do you either, either have good restaurant suggestions? I sent him a note for some London ideas. I'll follow up with some Paris ideas. I have a great idea all of a sudden. I have a yeah. great incentive. Yeah, for a night. Well, we want to just have him go over to your house and then. And, and no, no, not quite. No, <laughs> not quite that good. <laughs> I was thinking, why don't we make a No Agenda Night app, right, which you can't buy, but which you will be given, uh, your uh, iPhone will be provisioned, and that Night app uh, allows you to contact any of the other nights. Of course, the, 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 the phone numbers will be hidden, but you can basically, when you're in a pinch, the GPS knows where you are, it knows where the closest night is, um, and it'll be like our, our digital gypsy ring. I like it. And in addition, of course, if you're really, you know, if you need to reach uh, the the castle, then you can call us. It it it'll mask the phone numbers, but you know, it's a very personalized thing. You can't give it to anybody unless you give the whole phone away. And it would be, uh, you know, there would be some special benefits, and it's really just for the nights. I like it. And why? And you know, while we're at it, John, why don't we just throw in an iPhone? They're going to be ninety nine bucks. I'm I'm not arguing any of these ideas. I think I think that's interesting. Okay. Um, well, let's get our other executive producers out of the way. Yes, please do. We have a $25 donation from Stone Harriman who's in Brampton, Ontario, Canada, and he tell and he's another one of these guys who has picked up on the uh hookers and blow meme and uh did I say blow meme? <laughs> yeah, make sure that's a place that in Texas by the way. Bow meme Texas. Blow meme and uh, told us to uh, spend the money on that. Thank you, uh, and Stone. Then also, uh, thank you, Stone. Stone Harriman. See, there are people named Stone, by the way, besides Stone Phillips. I think, can you imagine naming your kid Stone? Well, it depends if your if your other kid's name is uh, Pebble. <laughs> Pebble. <laughs> I actually think it's a, it's a good sounding name when you're older, but I don't know about being a kid with the name Stone. Well, it depends. Just, I uh, mean, if you look like Stone Phillips, then it's a good name, right? Stone Phillips looks like uh, his Stone name. Phillips. Stone Phillips, everybody. You can imagine if I, if my name was Stone, people would be like, you're a retard. Stone. Yeah. It'd be stoned. <laughs> okay. All right. And finally, $250 from uh, our buddy, uh, Eon, uh, Ian Monroe of River Ridge, Louisiana. One of these days you're going to get his name right. That's why he keeps donating. He's like, please call Ian. me Eon. 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 All right. Ian sent us a note I have to read. Oh, go ahead. Uh, John and Adam, more money from me. After a short debate at work, I played an episode. 
for everyone. And I swear, you never saw so many eyes light up. People heard, by the way, we should give them an associate PR thing for this, too. I sent you another associate PR thing in the mail. I hope you got it. Yeah, no, I, I sent you a note back and said I couldn't. It, it was an email address, not a link. I've been trying to find it. was a okay. drop.io link. See if you. Uh, we'll thanks for reading my email, John. Uh, people heard me. Let me go back to the letter. You never heard or saw so many eyes light up. People heard me spout on and on about this no agenda show. But after I played an episode and let them nose through the no agenda app on my iPhone, I thought you might get about six uh, or so new listeners. Oh, and excellent. he wants us to say hi to his dad, Bruce, who's uh-huh. obviously Bruce Monroe. And he's sure he's listening to the stream, actually, live. And I suppose he's probably in and around River Ridge, Louisiana, too. Stone Sea Dvorak. So um, I wonder where we... I should go on Google Maps and see where River Ridge is. Louisiana has a lot of interesting... Uh, Louisiana is beautiful. It is yeah. it's some of the most beautiful country you can... Uh, part of the country you can imagine. It is yeah. fantastic. It's got a lot of characters, too. I just want to say, uh, mentioning the iPhone app, uh, on the previous No Agenda, I was questioning where the donation was from uh, our Pocket No Agenda app, which mm-hmm. uh, Adam Burke Pyle uh, created. And uh, so the guy was, like, destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> destroyed. <laughs> because cause essentially he's been waiting for the money to come through from Apple. So uh, apparently Apple is on a pretty slow cycle. Uh, oh, so Apple's a pay. slow pay operation. It seems like it's not very quick. Yeah. So uh, mea culpa. So I, you can make money on the interest. I uh, yeah. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your point is. He was destroyed. Yeah. No, I feel. I feel bad. You know. I don't. I don't. You should. That's why you, you always jump the gun. No, I didn't. I said I question. I didn't accuse anyone. I said I question. I haven't seen any money yet because the thing has been on the uh, what's hot list for two weeks in a row. I'm like, okay, so maybe we get some money by now. And okay, that's okay. No, right, well, so everybody I, knows I, your I didn't jump the. the I'm a retard. <laughs> you, you know what? Please, on the street, feel free to call me a retard. Uh, it's no pro- I have no problem with it. Oh, I know you have no problem I'm with it. I've happy, done it many I'm, a time. I'm happy to be associated with uh, people who are actually intellect- intellectually challenged. No problem whatsoever. Okay, so do you have well, any news this week? Well, or hold, on, all well, this hold, hold on a second. I just want to say one more time, thank you very much. Andrew Green being uh, this week's executive producer of No Agenda, episode 171, and officially now a knight of the No Agenda Roundtable. Associate executive producer Stone Harriman and Ian Monroe. Uh, you can put that on your resume. Even if you never show the resume to anyone, it does get you work. It's been proven. People who donate to the show get jobs. Well, yeah, there's that, the karma thing. But but the fact of the matter is these executive producer titles are real. And, yes. in fact, these three people paid for the show. Yes. And you know what, John? You can take that to the bank. Yes. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, got, I got lots Isn't of news. That, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Isn't that, that take that to the bank come from a speech Obama gave where he said the first thing he's going to do when oh, he gets oh, to the president? Uh, allow me to play it for you. I will yeah, promise please. you this. That if we have not gotten our troops out by the time I am president, it is the first thing I will do. I will get our troops home. We will bring an end to this war. You can take that to the bank. You can take that to the bank. He said it twice. I heard it. Well, on your tape. <laughs> I heard huh. it. I, you know, that's funny that he said that because, uh, you know, if you notice that this actually hasn't occurred, 
<laughs> I'm still at the door of the bank. I'm trying to get in. Let me get in. I want to take it to the bank. Um, yeah, let me start off with, you know, what's interesting, and you can kind of tell where the times are, although we do have plenty of stuff that we really got to hit today. We do have to reopen the uh, climate gate briefly. We have to talk a little bit about uh, the crotch bomber, no doubt. Um, but there was something that showed up on uh, MSNBC, and I want to play this clip for you. Um, because this really shows you the scam that is TARP. And when, and so this, when you see uh, someone slamming the administration, the treasury and the federal reserve about this $700 billion, which is actually $23 billion, trillion dollars, which has been basically stolen from us, the American people. And hand it off to the banks, which is, of course, is why they can hand out these enormous, hundreds of billions of billions. Please, that's a thousand million, hundreds of billions of dollars in bonuses. But when MSNBC is talking about this, you either know it's so bad that they can, that even they can't hide it, or they have some reason for exposing it because they're pissed off about something. Have you seen this clip, John? Nope. I want to go back for a second to the president and his olive branch. I don't know if we still have that olive branch around here anywhere, uh, but he has extended quite a few of them, uh, particularly in that State of the Union speech. He's offered up uh, what he sees as some great... So what you see here in the background is the, the, forget the guy's name from MSNBC. He's actually the kind of, I think he's a, he's an ex-banker dude or Wall Street guy. He, He just rolled into television. So on the big screen behind him, it says, the big tarp lie. And it's got some artwork there that looks like it could have been a cover art for No Agenda, actually. You know, with the Federal Reserve and money flowing all over it and stuff. And remember, this is MSNBC, which, of course, is part of the, uh, the, the president's propaganda machine, NBC. Yeah, General Electric owns them. And General Electric hopes to make a fortune selling turbines for wind power, uh, uh, nukes, uh, electric trains, plants, uh, jet engines, uh, Trains, full trains and tracks. Yep. yep. All right, yeah. l- let's listen to what he's saying. To some of our most pressing problems, education, health care, we know the narratives. And while the president talks about jobs, rightly so, and stimulus money, and getting our money back from the bankers, there's the olive branch, see, he's extending this. As he has that conversation, and it's compelling, and you want to help him, You want to help him fix the process. You want to figure out a way to get rid of the influence of special interests, whether you're on the left or the right. You know it's hurting our country. But we fear that our president right now is like a man preparing to run a marathon, even with an olive branch, while ignoring the fact that he has a gigantic, I don't have a thorn prop, I'm sorry, a giant thorn in his foot. And the thorn that I'm talking I love the uh, the Grecian metaphor by the way. I think that's kind of interesting he pulled that in there. Thing about is the big tarp lie. The president continues to say in public that banks have almost paid Americans back. That is a lie. The fact is the tarp which Congress approved is only 2% of the trillions of dollars and free money being provided to our banks by the Federal Reserve and the Treasury. The American people know this. They know that they are subsidizing our banking sector. And yet, 
the tarp lie continues to be spread by our politicians. So that's about uh, five minutes. You can find the rest of it in the show notes at noagendashow.com. But I find that, and they had a nice pie chart with like, uh, it looked like blinis. Uh, you know, that's the stuff you put your caviar on. So they had a little tiny blini with 2%. That's what uh, what the banks have paid back. And then you have the $23.7 trillion, uh, which is a huge blini looking like a big pancake. Um, and, of course, it's true. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't think I read this to you on the last show, uh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg is saying the same. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Everyone's just coming out and saying, hey, you know, um, we're all getting screwed here. I don't know what to make of it. Here it is. Um, this one cracked me up. Maybe I did read this to you. Secret banking cabal emerges from AIG shadows. Did, did we talk about that on the last show? I think you maybe teased it or you were going to talk about it. I don't remember it. Okay. I remember I remember the story. Well, this is Bloomberg. This is from January 29th. The idea of this is, the reason why it caught my eye was the opening paragraph. The idea of secret banking cabals who control the country and global economy are a given among conspiracy theorists who stockpile ammo, bottled water, and peanut butter. After this week's congressional hearing yeah, into the bailout right, of, this. of AIG, you have to wonder if those folks are crazy at all. So, you know, essentially everyone's, you know, Good journalists, and I, I feel that the um, that Bloomberg has quite a few. In fact, the good ones usually uh, uh, drown in a pool of aspirin. Um, they, they, they can't even live with their own conscience. They have to come out and say, hey, you know, this is what's really happening, even though they're supposed to be on board with the program. I don't know. I don't know where Bloomberg stands on anything. I can't figure that guy out. Well, but he's not really running it. At least he's not supposed well, to be running it. He runs the it. news agency. He's probably still is running it, no matter what anyone but thinks. But I don't. I don't. I, I separate Bloomberg the uh, the news agency from Bloomberg the mayor. Mm, I don't so much. And then the uh, the budget came out. I, I don't even have to ask. I know you haven't looked at it, uh, but I have, and. Uh, <laughs> It's on whitehouse.gov slash OMB slash budget. And I should look at it for what reason? Uh, because it's also your money that's being spent. Is that oh. a thought? Is that, I'm just saying. It's just What money? <laughs> so they've, uh, they've split this up into uh, like 20 PDFs so you can see each individual uh, department. And uh, I just figured I'd bring up Homeland Security for you. Because uh, they have a big box at the at the beginning. Funding highlights. Number one, top of the list for Homeland Security. The budget supports aviation security by deploying up to 1,000 advanced imaging technology screening machines that can identify anomalies such as firearms and explosives on passengers and by increasing the number of international flights on which federal air marshals are present. Well, that completely justifies uh, our theory. That you will soon no longer have uh, flight attendants. You will have air marshals. You will be served no drinks, no food. You will be in your seat, sitting down quietly with your hands folded on your lap. Or cuffed. <laughs> well, you'll probably have the, the taser ID bracelet around your uh, arm. So if you get out of line, then the air marshal just zaps your button. What is that, 26D? Oh, okay. Yeah, whoops, I'm sorry, lady. <laughs> you, you, I have to pee. <laughs> 
but, so, a th- but a thousand um, of those uh, scanners. How many airports do we have? Major airports, two hundred and fifty in the U.S. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's two hundred and fifty. They, they can't be putting them in every airport. They're gonna, what they're, you know, this is gonna, what they're gonna have to do. They can't obviously put them in the little regional airports that that, that no, fly no, in. No, but that's not. It's not about that. It's about the big airports where you can fuck with people. Yeah, you want to do it. In, yeah. Well, you know, like my son said the last time he's flying, he said, you know, this is so dangerous. You could, you know, the lines now because they've slowed things down. Like they're got, they're going outside. There's big groups of people. They're forming huge piles of people. Now, why doesn't the guy just, you know, I mean, it's obvious. Everybody's talking about this. They talk about it, and people wonder, and TSA has no answer to it. What is to prevent a car bomber guy to fill a Nothing. truck full of explosives? Nothing. And blow up the people standing in line. Or, or how about uh, the, one of these trains? Or how about the bus station? Or how about the mall? Or, you know, all these other places. Now, of course, I, and actually, I, I looked at Dvorak.org to make... I, I was amazed that you hadn't uh, blogged this. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. This is... Uh, blogged what? Well, listen. London, Dateline. Agents for Britain's MI5 intelligence service have discovered... Muslim doctors trained at some of Britain's leading teaching hospitals have returned to their own countries to fit surgical implants filled with explosives. Women oh, sui- that's being blocked as soon as the show's over. Women suicide bombers recruited by Al-Qaeda are known to have had the explosives inserted in their breasts under techniques similar to breast-enhancing surgery. The lethal explosives, usually PETN, of course, never heard of this before, are inserted during the operation inside the plastic shapes. The breast is then sewn up. Similar surgery has been performed on male suicide bombers. In their cases, the explosives are inserted in the appendix area or in the buttock. Both are parts of the body that diabetics use to inject themselves with their prescribed drugs. So, of course, you'll have your uh, insulin injection, which, of course, really contains the ignition device. And you'll be on the plane and you'll jam it in your ass and blow it all sky high. So I guess now when you say, hey, that babe's got dynamite boobs, (laughs) you ain't kidding. (laughs) You need a drum thing there for me. But how um, how amazing is that? Uh, MI5, of course, is Gitmo Nation East version of the CIA. This sounds like a crock of crap. This is... Uh, Where are all these bombers anyway? Well, of course it's a crock of crap. But Where you know, are all the bombers? I mean, how come they're not bombing left and right? I mean, if they're they're, really hot, they're hot looking chicks, man. What are you talking about? Okay. Before we get to the clip... I'm sure you're going to roll out a clip. I just want you to know this is what. Uh, oh crap! I got to find it real quick. You know, they during those congressional hearings about uh, security, they had them all sitting there in a row. Did you see this? I. That's the clip I got. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Hello. Oh, the homeland attack. Got it. Duh. Perfect segue. Well, there's two things about this clip. This is a Feinstein uh, asking a bunch of the intelligence heads of different intelligence agencies and generals and whatever. What's what's the likelihood of a massive attack on the on the U.S. within the next uh, you six know, months? Six months. Six is what months. She said. And they said this, but I got some. I got a completely different, interesting kind of a thing that we've. That I'm I'm actually annoyed that I'm going to bring a, a reveal a meme that is. Um, that we weren't really on to earlier. Go on, play. Intelligence to the head of the CIA, they were all in agreement. Listen. 
What is the likelihood of another terrorist attempted attack on the U.S. homeland in the next three to six months? High or low? Director Blair? An attempted attack, the priority is certain, I would say. Mr. Panetta? I would agree with that. Mr. Mueller? Agree. General Burgess? Yes, ma'am. Agree. Mr. Dinger? Yes. Chilling to hell, but hear those words. Meanwhile, we... <laughs> Instantrimshot.com, John. Instantrimshot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they go down the line. I agree. Oh, yeah, sure. I, I miss, like, Snoop Dogg. Fo shizzle, biatch! You know that's gonna be that shit! Jay-Z... <laughs> So here's the thing that, that I realize that we should have to be rethinking. Why doesn't she say, do you, why are, are we going to have an attack on America? Yeah, and, and, are, no, you I, think I, we're going to have an attack on the U.S.? Do you think we're going to have an attack in New York? No, it's an attack on the homeland. Yeah. And they use the word homeland, homeland in this regard. Instead of attack on America, attack on the U.S., what what does what does this imply? If you have a homeland, a homeland implies that you're part of an empire, and that you're you're away from the homeland, but you're always still in the empire. So we have to go back to the homeland, uh, and this homeland thing has become this incredible meme that's allowing us to actually think that the United States of America is a homeland uh, in in the sense of an empire. When we're with the United States of America, we're not the homeland. And this the, is like uh, you know the fatherland, which well, is, you know it, it, it detaches us from from our own country to use this word. Well, not, and the fact not, that we have homeland security and all the rest of it, I think, is an extremely negative thing. And the fact that she would use it in this context tells me that she's completely out of it. Well, not only that, I it, it is complete neural programming. The last time the word homeland was used in this context was uh, in German as the hinterland. Which was what Hitler called Germany. Hinterland is literally homeland. It is the exact same word. So I'm, I'll just make it even more evil for you. Okay, good work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, that. You know, but I mean, sure, sure, she is in front of these guys going, when do, do you expect to see an attack on the homeland? Yeah. I mean, that's what actually got me to thinking about the usage here. She doesn't say, would you like to, do you expect to see an attack on the United States of America or an attack on America? No, it's attack homeland. on the, you're going to see an attack on the homeland. Yeah. I mean, this is really very sinister to be, uh, and she's playing right into it, of course. Oh, yes, here's our homeland. Well, welcome, the whole, but when are we going to come back? When are you going to fly to England and come back and the guys say, welcome back to the, the homeland, homeland, sir? Well, no, from, they'll, from they'll be saying no. They'll be saying that at uh, at customs in the U.S. Welcome back to the homeland, Mister Curry. Enjoy your shopping experience. No, it's uh, it is completely sinister. It is, the whole idea of homeland security. It, it is which was set up by Bush, by the way. Oh yeah. Who, of course, stem, you know his his grandfather Prescott Bush financed the Nazis. You know, I'll go as far as to say they've got some Nazi tendencies. The N word. You know the the whole idea of homeland is exactly that. It's uh, it's to feel like you're a Reich. Well, anyway, I found it annoying. No, it's beyond annoying. And she, the question was leading. Instead of saying, "Do you feel that there, you know, we're in any danger?" What I mean, if if you have these guys sitting there, why don't you say, 
uh, tell me, what do you think the danger is and where and in what time frame? Instead of that, um, I'm reading the yeah, script you, here and it says, uh, well, we've got to have another exploding uh, rack chick. Um, we've got to, we've got to, uh, we have to feel up all their breasts. Um, yeah, uh, six months is the time frame. Uh, do you think that'll happen in six months? Yep, 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 yep. I'm seriously, I'm going to re-edit that. I'm going to put Snoop Dogg in there. I'm going to put Jay-Z in. Uh, <laughs> well. put, you put David Letterman <laughs> you, in. You know, a, besides that being a leading question, it's almost like one of those questions that pollsters ask that, you know, yeah. it, it elicits a certain type of answer. What are they going to say? No. Yeah, really? well, you know, then they get an invite. Well, when? Yeah, because well, if you know, say no and it happens, then, you, then you're fired. Then you're a D word. So the thing, so, but what if she had said, Asked an open-ended question. Says, like for example, change the question. Do you think there's going to be an incident within the next six months? Too. Do you think we can go ten years without an incident? Yeah, there's an idea. There's a question. What would they say? You say, yeah, it's possible. So well, that's the, a lot different an effect than having this other answer. Well, well she you know could what? have done that, but, but she didn't. But she knows it's going to be. She talk about the homeland. This woman is an, by the way, this woman is an idiot. She used to be in the, in the air pollution control district as on the, on the, on the board there that used to, the kangaroo court board they used to run. And she was one of the advisors to the thing when she was a city councilwoman. Uh, she never would have been anywhere in politics if, if somebody hadn't assassinated the mayor, uh, George Moscone, and she took the job over and then wormed her way. She was – we had a, a situation in the air pollution issue where, they, where the files in the file room where all the cases were, were – um, Kept uh, in one room with you know in, in folders. This is when you and were working for the inspectors. Uh, yeah. Inspectors would routinely wander in and out, grab the folders, leave them at their desk. They wouldn't check them out properly, and there was all these missing folders. And you know, so the, so they decided the people, the women that worked in there, who had to keep track of the stuff, uh, they decided to put big chains across the doorway to keep people from wandering in and out. And Feinstein walks through the place one day, looks at the chains. And she makes the immediate assumption that it's got something to do with the women. And she says, why are they why are they locking those women in that room like that? This is unacceptable. And a big stink ensues. That's how stupid she is. Can I just say she's a retard? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The reason why she know, why why all these guys know something is going to happen is spelled out perfectly by the Detroit News. Uh, which has done some great work completely disseminating a lot of this C-SPAN footage. And I'm not going to play it for you, but you can, it's all in the, uh, in the show notes at noagendashow.com under the crotch bomber heading. As, um, there's this whole issue of revocation of the visas. And during this testimony, uh, cause they actually, you know, did what we're doing, this, uh, Nathan Hurst, uh, who did a great job. Um, listen closely to Patrick F. Kennedy's testimony as Undersecretary for Management at the State Department, not related to the, uh, or at least not that I can find directly related to the, the Kennedys. The reason why Ab- Abdul Maltalab's visa wasn't taken away is because intelligent officials asked his agency not to deny a visa because they wanted to foil a larger investigation. Uh, they didn't want it to foil a larger investigation into Al-Qaeda threats against the United States, which, of course, completely explains the well-dressed, the sharp-dressed man, as we call him, who was with, uh, with the crotch bomber as he was getting on board. So, you know, because they knew it. They knew he, that he was bad news. They didn't, I don't think they necessarily knew about the, um, 
about the crotch bomb, but take into account that the security footage from Amsterdam Schiphol Airport, which is full of cameras, has still not been released. Because they know it's like they know they knew this guy was no good and they were following because they thought that they could get something bigger. So now they've got all kinds of uh, Al Qaeda chickies who are uh, who've got dynamite racks. <coughs> and uh, and then and then they're just going to let them on the planes. So it's a setup. So they know that something will happen. It doesn't necessarily mean a catastrophic event event, but. Uh, will some air travel be in jeopardy? Yeah, probably. Yeah, well, they need to do one more thing to ensure that they run these stupid scanners on people. Well, it's already in the budget. It doesn't even matter. They're going to have a thousand of them. It's paid for. It's done. It's in. Yeah, but people are going to be moaning and groaning about it. Well, guess what? In Gitmo Nation East, no scan, no flight at Heathrow and Manchester Airport. It is now mandatory. If you don't want to get scanned, you will not get on the airplane. Done. That's it. That's it. And if so, yeah. Well, that sucks. <laughs> the, the picture uh, on this BBC News article, it looks kind of like you going through the scanner. It's kind of how I yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, I have a big schwanz. Uh, no, it's kind of one of those, uh, like, you have big testicles and kind of like a little wormy thing. <laughs> but there's also a butt shot, and it's kind of the way I, I think your butt looks naked. Yeah, yeah, well formed, very shapely, muscular. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where's instantrimshot.com when you need it? <laughs> I can, crack, I can crack a walnut. <laughs> yeah, God. it's more like cottage cheese, is what I'm thinking. Oh, no, no, I haven't yeah. got any of that problem. That I can assure you. So uh, nice. All right, we got other stuff here. Yeah, please move on. Anyway, uh, we're screwed. You'll be scanned at airports. Take the train. It's good for you. No security <laughs> lines at the train, says General Electric. So uh, I talked to you about this. I'm not going to get both these clips. I got one. I got, and another one came up, the same thing that's going on. I, and I'm not going to belabor this because I know how much you hate this topic. Oh, let me guess. Keith Olbermann? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I hate talking Ol about those d d bags. Olberman is like completely insane. He's talking in non sequiturs. He's saying things that make no sense. He uh, he did a thing against John McCain, where I swear to God, he played McCain uh, berating some general for trying to change the uh, no ask no tell. And McCain says, you know, I, the generals of the army people told me that's working fine. We shouldn't change anything if that's what they say. And then Oberman comes on and says, no, this is a complete contradiction of what he said. This on this very network six months ago a complete contradiction and he and he plays another clip and it says the basically the exact same thing there's no contradiction well the funny thing about all of this is that um you know so the president in his state of the union i think he kind of surprised the generals who were standing there saying hey we're gonna get rid of this don't ask don't tell it was like oh, what what i thought what? we are i thought we already got rid of that what are you talking about boy i can don't do that and uh, confusing us. Yeah. So now they uh, they say, well, OK, that's all right. You know what? We'll, we're going to do a study and it will take a year. <laughs> it's like, how hard can it be? You know, it's like, <laughs> what, what is the it's like they've been talking about this. When did when did Clinton put this in? Ninety three. I don't know. I mean, all I know is that the fact is they could uh, when they need to study. All they do is ask around anyway. Yeah, really? So what, what is your what is your position on it, John? 
I don't know. I don't have a position on it one way or the other. I don't care. You don't. You I don't... mean, let's face it. Alexander the Great's army was all gay. Oh, really? Yeah, pretty much. The Alexander the Great's army was notoriously gay, so the rape scenes must have been very interesting. <laughs> they beat up a bunch of people. Well, wait a minute. How do you know this? This is a fairly well-known fact. Just study it. Go read it. Go Gibbons. I mean, you can read it. Actually, Gibbons doesn't discuss it, but it's discussed on the History Channel. <laughs> anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were basically all gay, and they're all lo- loaded on, on uh, Ecstasy. They're all on E. <laughs> so wait a minute. So, so, there's, so there's a bunch of hype-type gay guys. Oh, that's why they're uniform. They had awesome-looking outfits. That does explain a lot. They had all those feathers and stuff, and... Is that it? Yeah, be, anyway, the point is, it doesn't. You don't have to be straight or gay to be a good soldier. Exactly, exactly. Right. So let's. But let me get up back on the track, which was talking about Oberman being kind of nutty, and and actually, my son was interested or interested in telling me that the younger p- people used to like Oberman. Nobody watches him anymore because they can't take him because he's not funny anymore. When he started doing a show, he was actually humorous. Now he's just mean. Well, isn't his history? Isn't wasn't he a comedian? I don't know who he was. The first first I ever saw him was on ESPN where he got fired for for telling the management to stuff it. But anyway, let me finish what I was headed toward. So this uh, his 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 protege is Rachel Maddow, and she is now at the point where the two of them, I guess, must hang out because their mannerisms are almost identical. Yeah. So and the way they intone everything is very similar. So anyway, so Maddow's gotten onto this kind of the same. trend line of putting out weird non sequitur material and I want to play this Rachel Maddow clip which is, and I'm going to explain what it is she's got this new bit that she's dreamed up where she has some Republicans, it's always a Republican, you saying something R-word. and then uh, the R word some Republican coming on and then right at the end of what the, their statement she has a big giant rubber stamp looking thing that hits the screen, turns the screen to black and white and then the word wrong <laughs> comes out, wrong and but the thing is, what they're saying wrong about, and I've got this clip has two examples. It's not. It's like it, it would go like this. So uh, Adam, uh, what are you going to have for dinner tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. We haven't made up our minds yet. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. It's, like it's, not, it's not like a right or wrong thing. I asked. <laughs> and, and so I'm watching this going, what's wrong? They had the, the best example, which would be the second one coming up. Um, Lindsey Graham and some other guy are talking about when they were lawyers. When I was a lawyer, we wouldn't have let this happen. We would have probably told the guy not to talk at, at all and just to keep his mouth shut. Wrong. <laughs> but here, play this and tell me what I'm missing here. What's wrong with this woman? Okay. Done. Thirdly, they point out, you know, even ignoring all of the precedents under the Bush administration where they did proceed in the same exact fashion, the fact is that he would have been accorded an attorney because he was arrested in the United States. So even if they had proceeded under military procedures, he would have had a lawyer who would have been telling him, if not the Miranda rights, not to talk. Well, they First don't of all, have a point there. You've asked me about six different questions in repeating the allegations that the White House has made. Look, the military detainee and trial system provides much more flexibility and would have allowed him to be questioned without a lawyer telling him what to reveal and what to conceal. Wrong. Oh my God! That she, she didn't even say anything. Yeah, now let's finish out. This gets it's just, it's just unbelievable. 
wrong. Andrea Mitchell just said that was wrong. Just ignoring all the evidence of your complete and total wrongness does not make you less wrong. Senator Collins, uh, for all of her astounding wrongness on this issue, um, is not the only Republican tripping and falling into the wrong in this political battle over the attempted Christmas Day bombing. Here, for example, is South Carolina's Lindsey Graham, along with Fox News' Greta Van Susteren. And the two of them, I will warn you in advance, here are just plain making things up. Well, the interesting thing is my prior life as a criminal defense lawyer, so and, and, and sort of yeah. my look at this, either he got himself a, a deal yeah, right up front, a good deal, or he's got a lousy lawyer. And well, I understand his lawyer's good, so he must have gotten some deal. Yeah, I used to be a military lawyer, a defense lawyer. I used to be a defense lawyer in the civilian world. Yeah, I wouldn't let my guy talk until I knew it was to his benefit. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong? Wrong. <laughs> This is, what is wrong? What did he say that was wrong? I used to be a lawyer. I wouldn't let my client talk. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Uh, White House Press Secretary Robert Gibbs responded to this particular reckless speculation in a statement today, saying in part, quote, Abdul Muttalib has not been offered anything. The Department of Justice will take his cooperation into consideration. Uh, so she believes what Gibbs says? Is, is, that, is that what I'm... Uh, yeah. So believe well, what... Yeah. Here's here. Let me let me re, re, re kind of state what happened. Uh, the guy from Fox, uh, Greta Van Susteren, said, "Well, I used to be a defense attorney, and I, this guy's got a good lawyer, so I, I have to assume that the only reason that this is going this way is because they probably made a deal." And then Graham says, "Yeah, I used to be in the army, and I used to be an attorney there, and it, if it was me, I, I would either tell the guy to shut up, or unless they made a deal." Wrong. And then, which. But that, so that's not wrong. That's a speculation. But, of course, Maddow has it as wrong and a wild, crazy speculation that's somehow harmful. And then Gibbs, who doesn't really know what the hell is going on, makes some comment. And so she backs him up. This woman has fallen. has gone so far off the tracks that it's – I mean, her and Oberman together that I don't know that they have any numbers at all anymore because you watch this and you just your jaw drops. It's like, what is she doing? Honking a horn, putting a wrong thing on. The guy's just making casual conversation. How, how is casual conversation wrong? Wrongness. It's mind control, John. But nobody's listening. We're watching this stuff anymore except no, me. No, no, I, we should look at the ratings. I'm sure someone's watching. I'm sure someone's watching. But I find it to be, it's like, wow, this is plain terrible. They're well, but they, they, but this is, they've resorted to, you know, these are the measures that they have to go to because no one is listening anymore. So maybe if we throw a big rubber stamp at your face in the screen, maybe you'll pay attention. Wrong. Oh, that must be wrong. And it's not hard to control to to control people's opinions on uh, on, on television or through television. It's just not hard. Yeah. By well, the way, nice if there was like some consistent. I mean, if it wasn't just non sequiturs, it wouldn't be such a. I, I don't see how it's effective. No, I think, it's, no, it's training just to to get you accustomed to being wrong. Whatever. But anyway, I just find the two these two to be just hitting the skids. You know, it's like, uh, oh, but officer, I think I was doing 45. Wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I paid my taxes. Wrong. You know, the IRS uh, has uh, commissioned some shotguns. Did you hear about that? No. Yeah, they uh, they come here <laughs> as uh, f- under federal business opportunities. 
which is where you can uh, at fedbizops.gov. I love that. Fedbizops.gov. The Internal Revenue Service intends to purchase Remington Model 870 Police RAMAC Serial 24587 12-gauge pump-action shotguns for the Criminal Investigation Division. The Remington Parkerized shotguns with 14-inch barrel modified choke Wilson combat ghost ring rear sight and XS4 contour bead front sight, Knox reduced recoil adjustable stock and speed feed ribbed black forend are designated as the only shotguns authorized by the IRS duty based on compatibility with IRS existing shotgun inventory. So uh, we can put a bid in, John. Yeah, well, you know, if I made shotguns, I would. But the, but the IRS, I mean, okay. Like, we may cheat on our taxes from time to time, but isn't the shotgun a bit, I mean, there's <laughs> such a thing as wage garnishing. That usually gets people's attention. What yeah, do we need wage garnishing works. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it's like, you're Come wrong. Out. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> it's like, huh? That's That's a little frightening. Yeah, well. They've got shotguns. 2,300 years ago, men in Greece had wives, mistresses, and lovers of either gender. Alexander's father, Philip of Macedon, had male lovers and also many wives. A problem when... So, that, that's weird. When did that all change? <laughs> it all changed. <laughs> when did we stop having lovers on both sides? That sounds like a beautiful time. Yeah, it sounds like it's you. No, I mean, seriously, it just it was nothing but I've love. Heard about these things. So, uh, let's see. You're a homophobe. I wanted to play. I want you to go into the uh, swine flu minute because I have kind of a follow up. Oh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, we have to remind ourselves to uh, follow up on some things because we're so ahead of the curve often on many of these topics that by the time everyone gets around to knowing that it's a hoax, a scam, and a ripoff and just plain eh, wrong, uh, <laughs> we, you know, we're already moved on to the next scam and we forget to take, you know, I don't, I don't need credit for us being right, but uh, hey... You know, uh, I think we're the right. We we caught it right at the very beginning. You called it immediately, and then when we got to the adjuvant testing and all the rest of it, it just all added up to being just a big phony scam. And then when I saw Margaret Chan or Cho or whatever the hell her name is, Chan, Chan, Cho is a comedian, uh, <laughs> who's an obvious moron of the World uh, Health head of Organization. The World Health Organization. I realized that this there's, there's, there's something phony baloney going on here. Okay, so what you got? Well, they're going to start, you know, they're, they're, I think you also stumbled onto another thing early on, which nobody has yet to pick up on, which is the vaccine. Uh, oh, the fact that there's vaccines coming for everything, for cocaine addiction, for cigarette addiction, although that's now in the form of Chantix. Uh, it's going to be for rotavirus. I mean, the whole pipeline of these pharmaceutical companies is filled with vaccines because... There is no rigorous testing process, and it's much better to give people drugs when they're not actually sick. And you can make a lot of dough. So we have a couple clips here uh, that are funny in their own right because they're from NCIS Los Angeles. Oh, boy. Which is some of the worst television, especially for people who are fans of NCIS, which is character-driven drama. NCIS Los Angeles is just laughable. 
And uh, but they, you know, it's apparently doing okay. But it, and it's you know, it's, it's partnered. It's a it's a big uh, flick with a black guy and a white guy, and they're out doing you know solving crimes kind of. It's almost like a cop movie. But uh, but there's a, but they they slip in all kinds of interesting propaganda. Is this another uh, is this another Dick Wolf production? No, no, this is done by another group altogether. Uh, but most play Mossad, NCIS, a uh, clip. But I, I'm going to remind you that it's like uh, it's almost door to door subtle propaganda that slipped into the script. The Caribbean getaway. We do know some Mossad agents that would gladly buy you an all expense paid trip to Tel Aviv. Can you say shalom? <laughs> There is a rumor that the Dutchman is auctioning off the bottle. Oh, wow. The Dutchman? The Dutchman, yeah. Wow. So they've got the flying Dutchman who was uh, on board with the crotch bomber. Okay, got that. Botulinum toxin. Where? I don't know. You've come a long way and I don't know where you're going. Uh, I didn't say I was here for the auction. I said I heard rumors of it. I also heard of a rendezvous point. I imagine it could be some place where a would-be bidder could be picked up and taken to the proceedings. Did you ever meet the Dutchman? No, I told you this. Yeah, you know what? We got it. We want an address, we want code words, and we want everything else you've heard rumors about. What if the Dutchman sees pictures of Ambit Swan? He must have screened these guys. I'll go in as his muscle. I'm going to review the files, learn the history. His associates know it cold. I don't like this. I don't either, but the auction's today. We don't have time to plan anything else. Besides, I'm the only one who's been vaccinated for botulism. Seals are inoculated for everything, except suicidal tendencies. Wow. And he knows okay. I'm right, or else he'd argue to go instead of me. Uh, I don't want either yeah, one. Yeah, wow. Okay, I've been in, uh, vaccinated for botulism. So I was watching this with JC, and he looks it up immediately because there's no That's such... Botox. <laughs> there's no such vaccination for botulism. And there's an experimental uh, drug that has something may may have some a future use as a vaccine, but there's no way that there's anything out there. No, and but it's coming. But the, you know, it's the propaganda. Coming. The propaganda is the is the vaccine. You know, they are oh, just get a vaccine. Get all these. They never. They always come in handy. Uh, the Dutch somehow are bad people. Mossad will kick your ass because they're all totally corrupt, and if they get a hold of you, they're going to kill you. And the Navy SEALs, by the way, have been vaccinated for, for everything. everything. Yeah. The SEALs have the, got... The Navy SEALs are a meme now that, you know, and I don't know how many Navy SEALs uh, uh, we have in our listenership, probably one. We have a couple, but, maybe. But, uh, you know, Jesse Ventura plays this up to an extreme, you know, and he's in his, uh, when he does his show, he's a Navy SEAL and they, you know, the tough guys. And, you know, they, they're made, uh, they're now memed out as, uh, you know, the, the James, you know, kind of a, a crew of James Bond type. I don't know whatever happened to the Green Berets or the Rangers or those guys. They don't get any, any, no love, love at all. no love. They're wrong. And the, the seals that they getting it all. Now I played part two because there's another. There's just kind of a, a better, some more info in here. Uh, okay, hold on a second. Where are we? NCIA. Seals are inoculated for everything. <laughs> they repeats it. Seals are inoculated for everything except suicidal tendencies. And he knows I'm right, or else he'd argue to go instead of me. I don't want either one of you to go. Nate, relax. Sam's the best man for this job. Besides, what's the worst thing that could happen? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, Sam gets made. They kill him. Then you, Ken's and the others storm the place, and the Dutchman releases the toxin, killing all of you in half of Los Angeles? 
Which, Which half? half? <laughs> I'm going to push the director. Wow. So there's your bio terror. Yeah, your shots, right? Yeah, he, that's the question he had. Did you, get, you got your boosters, right? To you get your shots, yeah. I'm gonna go he goes, you get your booster shots. Shots. Shot. Oh, yeah, I know. So, I, he had, so apparently there's not only a vaccine for botulism, but there's boosters that you need. So in other words, you've had, had this has been going on for years, so you wouldn't need boosters. So this is such a, this is just an out-and-out lie. Now, the fact of the matter is I don't mind that kind of thing if these shows are portrayed as what they apparently are, which is science fiction. They're they're not. They're portrayed. They're they're uh, produced as a cop drama, and uh, I find it very offensive that they would have misinformation, so much misinformation in, in in these scripts. No spray vaccine against botulism effective in first tests. Vaccine development for. Does your kid know how to Google? He Googled this week. That's what we had. These are tests. Yeah, well, of course. It's you want but to start. How do you have that? Then how do you have your shot and then get boosters when they're still in the first stage of testing? It doesn't make any sense. No, of course it does because it's science fiction. It's a setup for the vaccines that are coming. That's it. Seems very clear to me, John. And by the way, what the hell would anybody need a botulism vaccine for? <laughs> because if you've got... you're opening up a can of tuna and the thing's about to blow up, don't eat it. <laughs> But that's <laughs> if that's what my mom always used to say. If there's a bu- if there's like a bubble on the can, don't oh, just throw it out. Don't eat it because it's got botulism. It'll kill you. Don't eat that. <laughs> but this is what it is. It's like this. How dr- many botulism cases? Here, look this up on Google. Look up how many botulism cases are. How many fatal botulism incidents are there a year in the USA? Okay, annual. Botulism cases in USA. Okay. Uh, there are three kinds. Uh, management problems cited in botulism case. Interesting. 30 <laughs> cases. Oh, th- here we go. I think that's here it is. Ford, foodborne botulism is so rare, only about 30 cases are reported in the U.S. each year. Almost all from home canned foods. There you go. There's your answer. Well, there you have it. But there's a so new drug. We need a vaccine for. There's a new drug out though, uh, which I saw advertised on. Uh, where was it? I think it was on Fox. Um, and it wasn't a vaccine. I'm obviously stalling until the uh, pre-roll. <laughs> until the pre-roll goes is done. I hate you know when we're doing this show, we shouldn't have pre-rolls. There should be some way of killing him. Yeah, there should be. Oh, here it is. Do you sometimes feel irritable, restless, uneasy, sad, normal, or just plain not high? Maybe it's time to try crack. <laughs> Heard this. Crack may cause shivers, night terrors, gay for pay, heart palpitations, homicidal paranoia, or the sensation that you're on fire. Peeing blood and seeing friends' faces as talking skeletons are possible side effects of crack. People who use crack may also experience five to seven years in prison where brutal raping may occur. If you experience one or more of these side effects, consult your dealer. You may need more crack. Crack. Isn't it time you see what all the fuss is about? <laughs> I like I like the consult your dealer, you may need more crack. <laughs> 
<laughs> the uh, funny thing, of course, you got the dog barking in the background and the music. Yeah. Oh, the, uh, they, they nailed no it. No rooster crow, though. You need a rooster crow, folks, if you're going to do right. these things. Yeah, if you're going to have an effective drug commercial. Absolutely. Hey, uh, John, we're way overdue here to uh, talk about the financing for this program that we do twice a week. We've uh, No one's really complaining about it, but it seems like we're now um, at about two hours a pop. So, in effect, we've almost kind of magically moved towards that third show just time-wise because we have so much we want to talk about that we have to kind of cram it all into. Uh, uh, we're just chatty. Well, well yeah. Let's thank, let's thank the people who did give us uh, some money uh, and some support this week. Uh, and, of course, we'll, we'll begin with the Stone Harriman and uh, uh, Ian Monroe and, uh, of course, uh, our brand-new knight, Andrew Green. Andrew Green, our new knight. Uh, and then we also got uh, $170 uh, from um, Fred Lust in McCutcheonville, Ohio. He sent no note, which is fine. And we got two in a row, two ninety nine ninety nines in a row. Uh, John Lewis, an existing monthly subscriber, which we encourage everyone to be. This contribution is to prove Adam right and help get the third show up. As I was born on the 3rd of March in a year ending in three, I kind of felt obliged. So here's three times three. 33.33. Uh, tell Adam to cut down on the smoking. We need you guys healthy. And then curiously, within the same time frame, like within an hour, uh, Joseph Lamb in Eureka gave $99.99 with no real mathematical explanation, but he uh, told us we should talk about wine more, no. which I have no objection no. to. Uh, before you continue, just on the smoking tip, uh, Robert Frappel says, Hi, Adam, uh, here's an idea. Get producers, that's you listeners out there, who smoke cigarettes to start rolling their own and use some of the savings for a no agenda subscription. And here's his calculation. Decent rolling machine is about $25, although you can learn how to roll yourself. A pound of, quote, pipe tobacco to avoid the tax. And two cartons of filtered tubes cost $25. This is actually not, you know, rolling it in papers, but in the pre-rolled papers. Uh, that saves about $4 a pack, $1,400 a year for a pack-a-day smoker. NIDA says over 24% of Americans smoke 20%. Of an audience, 24% uh, uh, of Americans smoke. 20% of an audience of 100,000 times $5 a month is over a million a year for no agenda. That's a lot of hookers and blow. I think well, it's a good know, idea. There's, pro there's probably something to be said for uh, rolling your own because the tobacco quality has to be superior to the chemically soaked commercial product. Formaldehyde, etc. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're going to smoke, uh, you might as well roll your own. It also, yeah. Uh, then we got a hundred dollars from, um, uh, M A N O J Manaj Kumar, uh, who is in Bangalore. And I think, I don't think we have that many Indian listeners, but I'm glad he is. Um, and I think I got his name pronounced wrong. I don't know. $131.10 for Stan Salisbury and Stone Mountain, which is a coincidence, since we had a guy named Stone Harriman. I think there's coincidence? a coincidence. I think not. Stone Mountain, Georgia, and, uh, and then a slew of uh, fifty-dollar donors, including uh, Matthew Wittering, Bedford, Bedfordshire, Dean Chartier in Canada, Calgary. He's canceled the cable and will be sending that money to No Agenda. Not oh, wanting to be that's... the No Agenda Witness Protection Program. <laughs> you may use my name on the show. Bring on the service. Dean Chartier, Calgary, Getting oh, North. Alan Bowes, Langley, 
but Langley, British Columbia. Oh, he's leaving business cards around. I have to get a hold of him, see what he's up to with that. In other words, stickers, which we've advised people to do. Andrew Sawyer, Vancouver, BC, another Canadian, which is unusual. Canon Research of Blythe, uh, California. Uh, Brian Leslie Bremerton uh, only gave us he gave us the 333, but he I thought it was interesting that he said we should be pushing the 3333 all, all over the place, which might be yeah, true. People Vincent are loving Dunstan. this. Vincent Dunstan in Kiraville, New South Wales, uh, and he has uh, he's, he says the latest bunch of bad news from Australia has compelled me to donate again. Uh, Jason Carney of Columbus, Ohio, and he's a contractor that has a lot of good stuff. If you, we want to know about government contracts, he's the, he's the guy. And and finally, Bill Gress, uh, fifty five fifty five from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. <laughs> Which is, you know, we kept us going this week. And what, we, what we'd like you all to do is, and of course we appreciate every donation, large and small, no matter what, please consider also signing up to uh, uh, one of our uh, monthly subscriptions. I think we have $5 a month, $10 a month, and $30 a month. Um, the Lucky 30. The Lucky 30. Um, it, it really is important because that will eventually give us a, a base that we can draw from. It's not very large right now. Um but we do want to keep going, and we uh, we are really trying to move towards that lucky number third, number three show in the week. I just got a sound clip in, John. Hold on a second. That's the noagendashow.com, Dvorak.org, slash NA, and channeldvorak.com, slash NA is where you want to go. Uh, I also want to encourage people to uh, uh, at least design some stickers. And put them on the toll booths at the uh, entry at the, at the toll plazas. Toll plazas where they have all these stickers. Perfect timing. Did you hear Mickey's phone goes? It's, she's perfect. It's like yeah, right. that was great. Yeah, we need more phones ringing. We need to add some phone sound effects so we sound like you know. We actually, <laughs> Isn't that cute? But it's wrong. <laughs> Sorry. Boy. Anyway, so that, if you can get some, stu- and take a look at the stickers that are uh, on the toll booth, do a little study. You drive the toll booth, look at the ones that are eye catching and, and clone those. Yeah. And we want to say noagendashow.com on the sticker somewhere. And it should say donate. Donate. That'd be good. Now you go. That might be nice. Yeah. yeah donate. donate to noagendashow.com. Yeah. Save a life. We've saved a couple on this show. Save we have a life. Your own. Yeah, we have we have saved a couple of lives on this show. I'm very proud of that. Uh, anyway, uh, like I said, noagendashow.com. But help us out. We need we we were we got we did uh, we got our three executive producers this week. But that's just for now. Yeah, we we really need like 30 executive producers each week. And by the way, I would love to spend the first part of the show thanking 30 executive producers. Oh, that would be so nice. Okay, um, so let me let me uh, just. You know, uh, we had such a good time uh, the other day with uh, looking at Bush and Clinton as they were uh, uh, named by the president of the United States as the guys who were going to take all your money and uh, fix Haiti. And, of course, during that, uh, President uh, Bush said these legendary words. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. And uh, show up. Shysters show up. Well, but, but wait, there's more, John. <laughs> This is, uh, I think it's from the same day, not necessarily the same interview. Remember now that uh, the Bush, uh, the Clinton Bush for Haiti.org fund 
is not actually a fund. It does not exist. They are, t- they are putting your money into the William J., the William Jefferson Clinton Fund and uh, Bush's Texas Fund. Collectively, they already hold a billion dollars in assets. The payroll for the Clinton Foundation is $30 million a year. <laughs> And, uh, and we've gotten more than a few emails from people tell, just freaking out over that. Yeah. But he, so here, here's their latest. So remember now, we want your money for Haiti, just for Haiti. And President Obama himself appointed morning, two former everybody. presidents, Bill Clinton and George W. Bush, times, to oversee uh, the total U.S. rescue effort. Clinton and Bush both made it clear what Haiti needs most, namely cash. Now, right now, all we need from people, if you can't be part of a medical team or a search and rescue team, we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. <laughs> Bush is amazing. Like this shyster. By the way, before we finish the, 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 the plea, I forgot to mention one name. Okay. Um, which is Peter Niesink. Peter, and, did you say Peter Niesink? Yeah, Peter Niesink gave us fifty-five dollars. He's from the Netherlands, and he challenged me to pronounce his name correctly. How do you did spell? I pronounce wait a it correctly? Well, I don't I, know. I'm going to ask you objectively. Yeah, yeah, spell the name so I know for sure. P i e t e r. Uh huh. N i e s s i n k. Say it again. Peter Niesink. Perfect. Perfect. There you have it. All right. Peter, thank you very much for your uh, donation. And remember, folks. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. <laughs> Just send your cash. We need cash. Send guys, your cash. That guy is an, unbelievable. Just send your cash. I, we, all we want is your cash. Uh, there's a lot of amazing news about Haiti. Um. President Clinton has now been named officially by uh, Secretary General Ban Ki-moon of the United Nations to oversee the aid efforts in Haiti, as well, well as... He's a re- special envoy for the UN anyway, so he might as well. But he's now, he's now been... And there's a little picture of them, and they're shaking hands, and he is... Uh, his responsibility... For earthquake ravaged Haiti, charging him with overseeing aid efforts as well as reconstruction. That's right. Assume a leadership role in coordinating international aid efforts, such as, um, hopefully you saw this one, John, such as the Scientologists who were in Haiti. Did you see this? No, tell me. Oh, my God. This was amazing. So, uh... They can't get, you know, the word is, oh, we can't get any planes in, you know, Doctors Without Borders are being turned away. And, uh, no, here we're, um, I got it. This is actually from Gawker, which, uh, which blew me away. So this is, uh, here he is. Um, is he's a group of Scientologists who are all wearing yellow shirts that says, uh, Scientology Volunteer Minister. They got into Haiti somehow, wearing cowboy boots and, and cowboy hats and stuff. And they're in the hospitals <coughs> giving people healing massages. There's people with arms and legs chopped off, and they're giving them healing massages. They'd leave the tent, come into the general hospital downtown, and try healing people. One of the doctors and one of the nurses told me that the wounded starting up to them to tell them they didn't want to be treated by the people in the yellow shirts. Keep them away from me. 
<laughs> One nurse told me the Scientologists actually caused harm. They gave food to people who were scheduled to go into surgery, which led to compl- complications in the operating theater. So it's unbelievable that the, the Scientologists, with all their rich connections, were able to get into Haiti, and they're just in the way giving people healing massages with these crazy, kooky, yellow T-shirts that say, with the big letters, Scientology Volunteer Minister. Well, the scandal here is the uh, fact that the, the other people are being turned around. Of away. course it is. Of course it is. And Clinton, of course, is probably flying in and out. And by the way, we, did we talk about it on the show or we talked about it offline about the, 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 the length of that runway and the fact that anything, I mean, a C5A galaxy yeah. can land at that airport. Well, hold on, hold on. Actually, that would be the clip from, uh, I already removed it, uh, the clip from last week. It was a Bush clip, uh, sorry, a Clinton clip. I got it for you here. He's talking about the airport at uh, MTPP, which is Port-au-Prince Airport. Here it is. We've done a good job. The government of Haiti has asked the United States to manage the flow at the airport. Uh, While there are 800 to 1,000 planes that are trying to land there, you should know that on the day before the earthquake, only 10 or 12 planes landed at the Port-au-Prince Airport. Now they land more than 100 every day on basically what is a big one-lane airport. You know, it's like he makes it sound like it's a dirt road. It's 10,000 feet, which is enough to to land an Antonov. Yeah, won't well, take two twenty five. An Antonov uh, two twenty five, the biggest plane in the world, with six engines, needs eleven thousand feet. Now, uh, oh, you- by the way, by the way, there's only one Antonov two twenty five that's ever been manufactured, and God knows where it is. It would just go to Google Earth and uh, type in uh, Port-au-Prince Airport. It's not a small airport, and there's pl- you know there's plenty of room to to park planes. It's just. It's not okay. It's not ideal for rescue operations, no doubt about it. But it, it, the, he makes it sound like ooh, this little puny. I mean, look, LaGuardia only has two runways. Heathrow only has two runways. You know, it's not like incredibly small. It's not some dirt road. So it's yeah, just it's we more posturing. We were misled by the media about that. No, you don't say. And then, then here's something really kind of crazy. The Dutchman. The Dutchman. There's, um, let me see if I uh, have this uh, audio. So the uh, ham radio operators are all over what's going on. And there's this, uh, this plane. The, here it is. Uh, Commando Solo. Have you heard of this, Commando Solo? No. So Commando Solo is... Uh, Available, it's an airplane, it's a C-130, I believe. Available to commanders for localizing targeting of specific avenues of communication. Uh, Commando Solo conducts psychological operation and civilian affairs broadcast missions in the standard AM, FM, HF, TV, and military communications bands. Missions are flown at the maximum altitudes possible to ensure optimum propagation patterns. These modified C-130Es provide broadcasting capabilities primarily for psychological operation missions. So they've got these things flying over Haiti, and they're broadcasting the voice of America. Which is weird. Do we know that that's all they're broadcasting? No, we don't know that's all they're broadcasting. I'm actually, uh, I can't find the clip. Where is it? Hmm. Uh, here it is, This Week in Amateur Radio. Let me just see if I can find the uh, 
It was like at, uh, I think it was like at 11 minutes or something. Hold on, let me just check. And you can actually hear the report on this thing. Patches. It is one of several Mars networks that... Oh, that's not it. During lulls in the VOA programming... ...why continues our exclusive coverage of the state of communications in Haiti. Andre? 60 miles west of Port-au-Prince, Haiti, an Air Force C-130 makes slow and lazy ovals over the Gulf de la Gonzave, a weighted wire dangling from its belly like a plumb line. The U.S. Air Force C-130 flies slowly over the island nation, trailing a 264-foot vertical wire as an AM antenna. At the end of the wire is a 500-pound weight to keep the wire vertical. Four other antennas on the wings and the fuselage transmit FM signals. This is Commando Solo, the flying radio station in the sky. The U.S. government is using Commando Solo to deliver news and information to the survivors of the January 12th earthquake. During much of the day, the plane relays live broadcasts of Voice of America news call-in shows in Creole, the native tongue of Haiti. During lulls in the VOA programming, it sends pre-recorded public service announcements, including advice on sanitation, what to do when encountering a dead body, and a warning from the Haitian government not to attempt dangerous and illegal ocean crossings to Florida in small boats. Is this a robot talking? <laughs> That's how ham operators usually talk. <laughs> no, I don't think it's a robot. So, you know, don't leave. Don't leave the island. Don't get in a boat. Stay where you are. Burn your dead. I just find that kind of creepy. And by the way, Port totally Port creepy. Port-au-Prince, you know, you, you could just stick an aerial in the uh, on a uh, on a mountaintop. You don't need the the plane flying overhead necessarily. I don't think not for an AM broadcast. I don't know. That's kind of weird. It, seems, it doesn't There's seem like something the, up with that. We have to look into this. Well, uh, there you go. The ham operators are definitely looking into it for us. Good. Um, and, of course, uh, we can't wait. John, only uh, three more days. The all-star single organized by music mogul Simon Cowell recorded this week to raise money for the Haiti Earthquake Appeal, the cover of R.E.M.'s 1993 hit Everybody Hurts, featuring vocal contributions from John Bon Jovi, Mariah Carey, Robbie, Robbie Williams, Kylie Minogue, Susan Boyle, Leona Lewis, Alexander Burke, JLS, Miley Cyrus, Take That, Westlife, James Blunt, James Morrison, and Mika. Talking That's, about Miley Cyrus. Yeah, what a controversy that is, huh? Well, you're the one that brought the clip on. What, tell us the story. What do you know? So um, I played the clip on the last No Agenda. Uh, which, as far as I know, is wild sound. So that's not the broadcast. There's basically two YouTube clips. One is where you hear the track, the record, and she's just, you know, her mic is not on at all. And the other one is where it, I believe, I still believe, it is the wild sound from her microphone. But why and, would they have the mic on at all? Makes Whoa, you're you're crapping out there, Johnny boy. You still with me? Huh? Yeah, you're back. Um, Why would they have the mic on at all? It makes no sense. Well, the what do you mean? It makes no sense. Of course, they want the mic on for you. She's just mouthing the song. Because, because when you're no, she's not mouthing. She's actually singing, and you need to have this sound coming through the monitors if you're even going to attempt to look like you're really singing. It's okay. A lot of people say it's fake. No one has actually claimed this. 
as far as I can tell. And I've done the research because people are calling me out. You know, of all the news that we bring to you, of everything that we, every single program we bring, if the most important thing is, man, that's wrong, there's a hoax, man, you're completely wrong, I'm Miley Cyrus. You know, but, but when it comes to it's earthquake, real news, but when, it comes, but when it comes to earthquake machines, everyone's like, "Yeah, he's probably right." You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, so okay, it's like fine. Yeah, right. Earthquake um, machines will let you slide on that. Yeah, it's like no but problem. Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus. No way, oh dude. no, you can't, you can't mess with Miley Cyrus. So maybe I was wrong. All right, no harm, no foul. I say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <sighs> That's about the time you got your comeuppance. Yes. Um, you know, uh, I was talking about the um, the sugar crisis. And uh, our listeners and producers, of course, are right on the sugar crisis tip. Because, of course, uh, you know, there's a, uh, we were thinking Monsanto. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not Monsanto. The company is Marisant. Marisant is coming out with a brand new sweetener. Yes. Now, Marisant was a company that uh, did, um, uh, what they do? They did uh, Equal, I think. Yeah. And they, they went bankrupt, and they uh, were brought out of bankruptcy last year, uh, almost exactly a little over a year ago, December 2009. And they're coming out with this... Uh, They've already teamed up with PepsiCo, and it's called, uh, the substance is called Stevia. I think that's how you pronounce it, S-T-E-V-I-A, Stevia. Contains no calories. It's natural. It also happens to taste like licorice. Ha. Yeah. All right, before you go on. So I've gone to the Stevia thing about two or three years ago. Stevia is a plant, and I think it's grown in the middle of era, South America. And the leaves, uh, if, you, if you chew on it, it has a slight sweet aftertaste. And apparently you can get powder off of this stuff, and you can use it as a sweetener or, or liquid. You can buy this any health food store that has this stuff already. The stuff tastes like crap. The licorice thing they're referring to is essentially the bitter aftertaste. And it's used as a sweetener in parts of South America where they don't have sugar cane, which is, I guess, up in the mountains or something, places like that. Um, I don't see this being the... the, the, This is not going to fly. This Something's amiss with this entire story. Stevia is not... Oh, by the way, here's the other thing. When I first started reading about Stevia, there was a bunch of... Apparently, the USDA or, or somebody or the FDA or somebody was, were, were banning it. So you couldn't bring it in. It was only brought in the United States recently, supposedly. And so the stuff was somewhat controversial to begin with. Well, but, I, but I can tell you from experience, the stuff's not that good. I don't like it. Well, food processors uh, who've been working with Cargill, so these are really the people who brought her out of bankruptcy. And Cargill, I, I remember, wasn't there some con- controversy around Cargill a while ago? I don't know. Uh, they're adding it to all of their ingredients. In December, uh, Truvia, which is the brand name for them of Stevia, captured 58% of retail sales in the Stevia sweetener market. So, uh, you know, as long as they're putting it in there, we might as well investigate what it is. And if you say it's just the plant, okay, maybe not that bad. You know, maybe it's not genetically modified. Maybe it's all fine, but it sure ain't sugar. 
No, but it's been used historically for a real long time as a, as a natural sugar substitute. So it doesn't concern me. I still think if you're going to use, you want sugar. I mean, there's also a honey you can use, which isn't sugar either. Yeah, why don't but we use that? That's see that, that honey has all kinds of uh, magical uh, properties, doesn't it? Well, honey also has a lot of uh, things that don't allow certain things to set up. Like I think in baking, it's been kinds of baking that honey will keep things from uh, actually setting, it makes a mess. When you cook with it, I think, at least okay. in some some situation, somebody out there will know a baker. Well, anyway, so I, I think the setup is nice, though. They've the, the we we do have enough evidence to see that there's an artificial sugar crisis that has been created, and poop in comes this new stuff, which is now apparently being thrown into everything. I don't know. I, this is not going to work. We'll follow it. I didn't know that this was going on. I didn't know this new stuff from these guys was uh, just stevia. I'm gonna. I'm looking here at. Um, oh, of course. Uh, so they banned stevia because they wanted to push aspartame at the time. That was uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, right. That was Rumsfeld product. So that that would happen. Yeah. So let me see. Here it is. Health concerns and political controversies have limited stevia's availability in many countries. For example, the United States banned it in the early 1990s. Unless labeled as a supplement, but in 2008 approved ribodioside A extract as a food additives. Additive, sorry. So what is it? Let's see. Stevia health concerns. Hold on. Stevia health concerns. There must be something. Is stevia safe? Uh, risk of sucralose. That doesn't make any sense, does it? No, I'm telling you, I don't. I couldn't find anything bad about this stuff except the fact it tastes crappy. <laughs> well, that would be a reason not to use it. <laughs> but Pepsi's apparently going to be putting it in all their products. I don't know what Pepsi's thinking. First, they go with this natural thing that it won't give us the numbers of is it selling well or not. Whether well, the sugared Pepsi, as opposed to the high fructose corn syrup. We get it, by the way, a lot of mail from people complaining about our stance on high fructose corn syrup, soybean, rapeseed oil, the whole thing. We're not changing our position on any of this stuff. No matter, I mean, you can go and go, oh, you know, it's the same. No, there's a lot of documentation coming in on a daily basis. A lot of it gets squashed, especially about high fructose corn syrup, causing obesity, diabetes, and everything in between. And this, when this thing eventually breaks, we're going to be looking at a John's Mansville situation where the company is basically put out of business by lawsuits. And I can guarantee if anybody really starts to document this thing where you get some one lawsuit to pass, it's like cigarette, you know, they've been resisting. Hopefully, God, nobody proves cigarettes cause cancer. When the dam breaks... Companies are going to go out of business, and Archer Midlands, then McDaniel, whatever they, Archer Daniel Midlands, is one of the companies that's under uh, investigation, threat. suspicion, suspicion, suspicion. They, they, yeah. they could, they just go look at the history of John Mansville's corporation, huge company, asbestos lawsuits bankrupted them. Right. Well, but ADM, of course, has the fix in. They sponsor uh, so many PBS programs and uh, NPR national treasures that uh, they're not going to really get nailed uh, for anything because that's what that company does. If you've not seen the informant, then uh, read the book. That is exactly how they uh, – uh, it's the whole story of how they even had an inside guy blowing the whistle on them. But because of all their political uh, and basically financial connections, they were able to get out of it. 
And they got nah. away no problem whatsoever. Yeah, it, it catches up to you. Yeah, but talking so about uh, talking about PBS. Yes, I have a I have a clip called PBS Frontline Crap. <laughs> I wonder what Frontline that is about. Is one of my favorite shows on on PBS, and they did a thing called Digital Nation about the United States and how we're all digital and it's going to ruin our lives. And it was just a kind of a, a it was kind of a hit piece against the internet, seemed to me. But it was it was just basically loaded with bad information. It was poorly reported. It was probably the worst frontline I've ever seen. It had misinformation. It had lame analysis. It had uh, uh, we just play. I got two clips from this thing. Um, play, play this PBS frontline crap. Saving warrior princes. I deleted her. I deleted her sister. Stories of romance. I deleted her three best friends. And struggles with privacy. I ended up taking it down, but now I sort of feel like I have to censor sometimes what I say in, in, with my family. Whereas before, like, the minute that I felt something, I would just type it out. But now that I know that, like, people are watching me. All right, so check this one out. But one of the most irresistible stories was this one. Let me tell you this. I never knew what Blondie was or Twitter or any of these fancy things. Do you know I'm becoming an expert? It turned out that an 83-year-old woman and her grandson have a hit online cooking show called Feed Me Bubby. Bubby, what's today's Yiddish word? Today's word is Bubby, meaning grandmother. Bubby cooks, and her grandson Avram does everything else. Hey, you know, that's such a, such a hit. I watch it all the time. You know, I never heard of this show. We looked it up. We found it gets like seven hundred page, seven thousand page views a month or something. Yeah, it was not any bullshit. sort of hit whatsoever. But I'm sure the numbers went way up after this 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 crappy show. Yeah. But and some old lady going, ah, you know, I don't know anything about the internet, but I and there are people reading my recipes. And the uh, <laughs> hey, wait a minute, that's a, that's a new tech grouch. We can do the cooking granny. It's a good one. Mark that down. Grouch. Cooking granny grouch. And and this whole entire show was filled with this kind of bogus information that it's a big I mean, they could have done to, I hate to say it but they could have tracked down Leo Laporte and got real you know data but no they're going to just dream up all this crazy stuff that's got nothing to do with anything they, they emphasize mostly uh, Facebook and Twitter and World of Warcraft and in fact if, if you play the second clip which is W-O-W Second Life uh, loser, I got it you don't have to spell everything out. There's only six clips. I think I can figure out which one, John. Oh, he's mad at me. I'm closer to my online friends than anybody in real life. Yeah, definitely. Oh, let's hear it. The relationships people forge in these games seem to have a particularly intense quality. It's not uncommon for in-game romances to migrate to real life, even lead to marriage. Evidently, almost a third of female players have met a romantic partner inside the game. You know, we went out and had dates in real life, but to me, I'm always going to consider my first date um, the time when he broke into a castle to come meet me. I just thought it was so romantic. All right. Can I just say something quickly before you go off? Um, Second Life is all about sex. 
Uh, you've got uh, sex balls, sex toys, sex rooms. It's all about living out your lurid fantasies. You've got furries in there. It's 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 completely all. It's it, it, no matter what anyone tells you. And when Second Life came out, I was in there for weeks on end until I finally came to the discovery. Uh, wait a minute, it's all about sex. That's all that it's about. It's it's just about sexual fantasies. Then, of course, some of that spills over into real life, and that's why it's actually popular. So it's about sexual fantasies. Now, I have a theory about all of this that's taking place in these stories, but I'd like to hear your take first. I have no take. I just thought it was stupid. Okay. So last night, Mickey and I were talking. So, you know, is there any chance in hell that... You know, in our lifetime, John, you and I, that we can actually do anything to change the direction that the world is going in, the new world order, the global government. You know, it, basically, this this has been happening for thousands of years. The rich people screw the poor people, and they make off with all their goods. And so, you know, we've got this huge financial bubble that's that's blowing up again, and we will have hyperinflation. And all the bankers, everyone's getting their money now. And then when you go bankrupt, it's a timing game. You go bankrupt, they buy up your crap, your land, your house, your car, whatever it is, and then the money explodes. And then, you know, I have a $100 trillion Zimbabwe note here on my wall. It does happen, you know. It happens a little quicker in a small country like Zimbabwe, but it does happen, and I do believe that we're on track for that to happen in the Western world. You know, bad things just happen in the world, like the World War II was only 60 years ago, so, you know, bad stuff happens. The only chance we have, ironically, was invented by Al Gore, which is the Internet. So we have an opportunity here, what John and I are doing with No Agenda, is we are Making people aware of some of the things that are going on that do not involve watching the ball game, going to see Avatar, drinking a beer, sl- you know, swallowing your prestige uh, drugs. You know, there is other stuff happening, and it's because of the internet that we're able to to communicate amongst each other outside of the mainstream channels. This is what they never saw coming. And by the way, it's Unix sys administrators. You know what these guys look like? They're typically a, a little bit over. Overweight. They've got their butt crack showing through their jeans. They've got the really long, nicely brushed hair. These guys built this stuff, and they were very smart in doing it for us, and you can't just take it down other than by having the nanny state come in, tell you that it's all bad for you, it's going to hurt your children, uh, we're going to arrest you because you're downloading music and movies, you can't have flat-chested women depicted because that's illegal and it's all about kitty porn and save the children, and they're trying to shut it down. Technically, they cannot. The hackers will save the day on the technical issue. It's the lawmakers who are trying to bring it all down and shut us off from the information Things like this very program that are bringing you a different form of bits, information that is beyond what Rachel Maddow spews out, which we all know is just plain wrong. And that's okay, why this it. is happening. Pet peeve theme. Get it. Yeah. I, I'm so... John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day. I let him do my pet peeve this week. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, there's one more thing I'd like to say. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. All right. We're being screwed, people. Oh. Hey, um, a little correction from Andrew Bean. Adam, you mentioned New Mexico's age of consent for sexual activity. 
It is 17 years of age for heterosexual activity. However, 13 for homosexual activity. Homosexual sex is illegal in Alabama, Florida, Illinois, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, Utah, and Virginia. Homosexual relations are illegal in the military, as are most sexual positions between heterosexual couples. I kid you not, when I was in the Army, I sat through a seminar that pretty much said only missionary style was accepted. You have to, you have to be 20 to have sex in Tunisia and 21 in Madagascar. In Burkina Faso, you have to be 13 for hetero, but 21 for homosexual. Just an update and a no-agenda sex tip. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's great stuff. Now, do we, can we just hit Climate Gate really, really quickly? Because I, do want to, I don't want to take credit, but I do feel it's important that we, you know, that we just basically say, hey, we told you so. So I just want to start by saying that this morning I woke up and I received probably 25 emails from people from Gitmo Nation Lowlands in the Netherlands. And this is weird the way media sometimes works, but the main rag, the main newspaper, the USA Today, the state-controlled paper, the Telegraaf, published an article, of course, what we've been all over, about the uh, the... Uh, the reduction in temperature measurement stations about the Himalayan report uh, being based upon a high school student's dissertation. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. And all of a sudden, they're going like, hey, wow, man. Hey, look. And, and some politicians said, you know, this is bull crap. We should send the federales over to the IPCC and have this shit really looked at. To, you know, I was talking about sending uh, armed federal agents to the IPCC and now all of a sudden everyone's like oh wait a minute this is crap and now they're calling out the minister uh, uh, I forget her name she's one of those reptilian women um, and so there's there's definitely some some knowledge being disseminated because once it's in the telegraph then of course it's true so I'm not quite sure how it slipped through or why it slipped through uh, but now they're talking they are talking about actual arrests for some of these uh some of these scientists, uh, particularly would, over like, in the United Kingdom. I think Kingdom. that would be cool. I think it's highly necessary. Yeah. And I think they might have to do this. You know, Tony Blair has been on trial. No one's talking about it. For, yeah, uh, I've been watching the trial, by the way. Yeah, for sending... This is uh, only the preliminary hearings, the actual trial, if there's going to be one. Uh, they hint about it quite a bit during the hearings, but they haven't actually uh, done anything. Which, of course, would be uh, in the Netherlands. It would be uh, at the uh, International Criminal Court in The Hague. So, uh, but it would be kind of, By I mean, way, yeah. this, this is available to watch on C-SPAN. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, um, oh, where is it? I can't wait until the iPad comes out. Because then I can actually uh, yeah. put, all, put all my brag jingles onto it. the screen. I don't want to brag about it. I can put all of my jingles on the screen. I actually said, use the word gripe. Did, you but, said yeah. no. Here's what I wanted to play. I believe, John, you pro you've certainly heard of this. Um, I've just downloaded it because uh, it's available on Gutenberg Gutenberg dot org, which is the uh, the open source uh, non or no longer copyrighted book service, which is just fantastic if you want to get great books. 
You can download them in all kinds of formats. You don't need a Kindle. Um, the book is called Philip Drew Administrator, A Story of Tomorrow. Have you heard of this book? No. Really? I'm surprised by that. No, you shouldn't be. It was published in 1912. It's a futuristic political novel published anonymously by Edward Mandel House, <laughs> an American diplomat, politician, and presidential foreign policy advisor. His book's hero leads the democratic western U.S. in a civil war against the plutocratic East, and he becomes the dictator of America. Drew, as dictator, imposes a series of reforms that resemble the Bull Moose Platform of 1912. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, of course. That's what Teddy Roosevelt ran under. Well, tell me, what what is that? Because Teddy Roosevelt was kicked out of the Republican Party, basically, because they wouldn't renominate him to run for president. So he farmed his own party. It's a third party. Essentially, think Ross Perot. Oh, okay. So... That's why he people almost are, won, by the way, but he didn't. That's why people are re recommending I read it. So I'll, I will be reading this, and I shall report back. The good news is we could all read it together. There's a link in the show notes at uh, noagendashow.com. Good. Yeah. Okay. You done with the uh, swine flu minute? I mean, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, let's close the gate. <laughs> oh, my God. To the gate, to the gate, to the planet gate. <laughs> So there's a chart going around which we blogged, which I find highly amusing. It's you go to dvorak.org slash blog and uh, let's see how you'd find it on the search engine. The, the title of the post is How Religious Is Your State? Oh, yes, I've seen this, yeah. But what I was, I mean, the religious part is it falls apart a little bit here and there because, you know, they say that everybody's, uh, you know, you got dummies, all the, all the dummies are religious and all the dummies have, a, you know, just it's trying to prove that, you know, they're all Republicans and they're all dummies and religious. They're so, retards. Anyway, this, it's not, this is not what it shows me. I look at this chart differently. For one thing, uh, the average pop, the average IQ of a state should be 100 because that's the average IQ, supposedly, of the general population. So you have some states that are smarter, some states that are dumber. California turns out to be second only to Mississippi in being dumb. Now, California's average IQ is 96, which is exactly the same as Alabama. Well, I take it back. There's also Louisiana at 95. Alabama, New Mexico, Louisiana, California, and Hawaii uh, are the dumbest states, huh. with California being there at 96. And California is a very liberal state, and it shows that on this thing, too. So there's, so there's obviously there may be a connection that you or no. But whatever the case, I find it very, very uh, disturbing that California is an extremely stupid state in the bottom, you know, five, tied for third, you know, kind of as dumb. The smart states, by the way, are Kansas, North Dakota, South Dakota, Washington, Iowa, Minnesota at 104. 104 is a high number at Minnesota and North Dakota. Then uh, uh, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Vermont also coming at 104. Maine at 103. Washington at 102. And we still have California at 96. Huh. Oh, wow. Now, does that fluctuate when you move, uh, when you go up to, to Port Angeles? Does the number then change? Does it jump? All of a sudden, no, shit, it jumps. <laughs> it goes the, the number when I leave the state, it goes down to forty. <laughs> 
I mean, I, yeah, you can try to work the joke in there, but I, I just find it distressing. And of course, the curious thing again is that they try to make. And by the way, California is very low on the religiosity index. It's we're down fifty-seven. Uh, I mean, the lowest state apparently where nobody's religious is Vermont, which I find hard to believe. Uh, the bottom at the bottom of the list is Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, and Maine, and Alaska. They're not religious states compared to the top religious states, which is Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, Tennessee, Arkansas, generally states in the south. California's right in the it, below the middle. So we have we're dumb. We don't believe in religion, and we have uh, we're liberal, and uh, we have a lot of crime. Fantastic. I uh, it better, though. You know that. We what? Wyoming is at one hundred two. California's at ninety six. Yeah, we're dumb. We're a bunch of dumbasses. We are, here it comes, retards. I'm just going to keep saying that word until, right. I get, until I get called out by Tim. Tim? Tim Shriver. Oh, Tim Shriver, yeah. He's a yeah, really nice guy, by the way. His, well, his wife is lovely, but they're broke. Well, it doesn't matter. So are we. So are we. Hey, I seem to have hit on a, a, a chord here. The um, the chat room, which, of course, probably is filled with a good number of the people who will save the world, i.e. the uh, the cis admins. These are the guys that speak BGP in their sleep. They're all like, yeah, hell yeah. They want uh, to be called uh, NAM, the No Agenda Militia. Mm. So I think uh, that might stick. We could find them useful. Yes, I think. Well, you know what? I'll tell you, man. If I, if I want someone on my side, it's going to be the cis admin. It's going to be these guys who really know the routing, who understand understand all the ins and the outs. Of course, there's also the evil side of that, the guys who created the the flash trading for Goldman Sachs. But yeah, that's all right. We can we, we don't have they to bother. They may have been caged and tortured for all you know. What's that? They may have been caged and tortured that's for all you possible. know. That's very possible. Well, a couple of people listen to the show. Um, prolific programmer. He works at uh, Goldman. Yeah, he does. Uh, so Alaska's IQ is 99. It's better than California's. Yeah, well, why do I care? Why are you still on this? It's I, like... I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed with this. <laughs> why? I didn't realize how dumb we are in California because we have the worst education system in the world. The University of California has decided that instead of, like, well, maybe educating Californians, they'd rather educate people from China. Right. That's a good point. I have told you that when you fly in the general uh, Northern California airspace and you listen to the radio, it's all Chinese. And the, and their radio work, of course, is atrocious because you can't understand half of what they're saying. But essentially, um, uh, they come in uh, to get their license here, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty damn crazy. So there's a controversy going on in California. Before we wrap the show up, I want to mention it at least. The uh, state senator or the U.S. senator uh, race is going to be at the end of this month. And, and so people should go out there and look up. Carly Fiorina oh, is no. running against Tom Campbell. And she put out a political ad. I thought it was a hoax. Really? But, but I always check these things out to make sure I'm not suckered by a hoax. And... Um, no comment. So <laughs> you're not going to get me on that. <laughs> it shows it shows a bunch of sheep 
and a guy in a sheep thing crawling around and a sheep with red glowing eyes and, and a bunch of, she's trying to coin a term conservative, fiscal conservative in name only, which doesn't make it doesn't have any sound to it. It should kind of mock or not to mock, but to, to, to write on the idea of rhino, which is Republican in name only. So she's got fiscal conservative in name only as though this is some great creation. Uh, I've this got it here. You want me to play it for a second? You play a few minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of long, it seems. It seems like... It's uh, three minutes. It's way yeah. too long. Uh, I'm clicking on... Oh, here we go. This is on... Yeah. Purity. Piety. Piety. Our fiscal conservative leaders. Men we admire. Aspire to be. <laughs> wholesome. Honorable. True the beginning leaders. of Colbert. And it's all these sheep. like Tom Campbell. Who would never lead us astray? His <laughs> pedestal funny. so high. So Tom Campbell's a sheep. He's an evil sheep. Yeah, he is. He's falling through lightning, but one way to fall. <laughs> Tom Campbell, fiscal genius? Question mark. Who would remember that as the governor's chief budget officer, Campbell was the architect of our disastrous 2005 budget? Right. A budget so blow. It's, right. it's a piece of crap, but people should look at it, and then you see what an idiot Carly Fiorina is. It's in the show notes at noagendashow.com. And the funny thing is, of course, the HP, uh, as a corporation, gave all its money to uh, to Barbara Boxer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, HP, of course, the, the, the board of directors spied on each other with phone taps. Yeah. So, bad actors, bad yeah, actors. Very bad actors. All right. So uh, we count on you, No Agenda Militia, to keep us going. Please look into my ADSL connection. <laughs> that, w- that would be a good start to helping us out on the show. Yeah, it would. Well, one way or the other, it's going to change. I'm going to a new Crackpot Command Center location. And uh, <laughs> at least we'll have a little while where we have some better uh, connectivity until they find me. Okay, no comment. That's a wrap. I'm. Th- I think we're done. Yeah, that was pretty good. Everything you uh, heard in this program and then some is in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Remember to uh, hook a brother up, donate, dvorak.org/na, channeldvorak.com/na, and noagendashow.com. Until um, we meet again, my friends. I'm Adam Curry, and I want to mention that the show notes are fantastic. I'm John C. Dvorak. We will speak again Sunday morning, early service, right here on No Agenda.